All right, so this is, uh, we are back here at the uh, Fight Life Peace Conference in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we are joined right now by Pastor Jared Longshore. Uh, yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, well, so you're on the uh, Canon Plus app. We see all your lectures all the time. All right. Content. Um, I would say avid follower, but you know, whenever you put stuff out, we're kind of just always watching it. Oh, good, is, good. It's fantastic, um, which has been really neat. So is this, you know, how many years have you been, you know, putting out content like how that? How long have I been at it? In the culture, the way you've been. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I don't know when you would, when you would click the start date. So um, <laughs> I've been a pastor, I think for about, I think for about 15 years. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, trying to write, write some things and do some podcasting and things of that nature for, for a good while now. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Could you, um, first off, could you introduce yourself, say a little something yeah, yeah. about yourself that That's our audience Jared might Longshore not know? Sure. sure. Yeah, exactly. Never heard of you. <laughs> I'm the associate pastor at Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, I teach at, um, uh, New St. Andrews. Uh, college okay. also in Moscow, Idaho. I'm a lecturer in theology there. Wow. Um, let's see. Uh, so I write. Uh, it, the blog is Reformation and Revival, as you mentioned. Oh, yes. That comes out through the yeah. Canon Canon Plus uh, app. There's a YouTube page, which I think is just my name, Jared Longshore. Okay. And uh, the written portion of that blog is JaredRLongshore.com, I believe. And uh, I'm married to my wife, Heather. We have seven children. Wow. And uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's probably it. Yeah, that's wonderful. So real quick, as like an icebreaker question. <laughs> um, what would you say is something interesting about yourself that not a lot of people would know? Something interesting about myself that not a lot of people would know. <laughs> Getting the inside scoop here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Um... um I played college baseball. Wow. Really? There you go. Yeah, yeah. I played a little nice. college baseball oh, back in the day. And uh, one sport I actually understand. So yeah. that's great. Yeah, very <laughs> that's good. Great. Very good. Great. Baseball's great. You yeah, know, American pastime. What was your favorite team? Uh, so I grew up loving the Braves, you okay. know, the Atlanta Braves, because you could watch them. Okay. Uh, TBS, I think they were, they were on TBS where I grew up in Florida. But then at some point, you know, they cut it off and you couldn't watch okay. the Braves anymore. But back in the oh, days wow. of David Justice... Oh wow. man, back there you had Blouser. I think he was this old shortstop. Man, you just had you had um, the, the Atlanta Braves were the way to go. Wow, that's that's neat. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know any of the teams. I always say I enjoy playing the game. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know any of the teams. So <laughs> we're not when it when it comes to sports, we're not avid sports people. But when it like Our, if you were to ask what sport we know the best, it would probably be either baseball or lacrosse. But I would say less lacrosse, more baseball. There you go. Yeah. 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 Our mom was from Baltimore, so. She was like, you you guys like the Orioles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No Man, Cam really Camden Yards. Choice, I was at Camden yes. Yards once. We went there a few my, years ago. My dad and I did six games and seven nights wow. one time in the, in the oh Northeast. And Cam really Camden cool. was one of them. That is And oh, what a glorious stadium. Wow. So um, kind of getting into some questions here. So one of our biggest, you know, there's there's been a lot going on this past several years. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things we're seeing now is just a huge uptick in, I don't know if hatred is the right word, but vitriol against people in Moscow, Idaho, against Doug Wilson very specifically is targeted. How do we, you know, be salt and light? How do we work in a culture and work to transform it when attached to us are all of those negative connotations in that way without any specifics? And I know this has been 
centuries, millennia. You know, this has been, Christians have always been, you know, Christ always said, you'll be persecuted in my name. Yeah. What is the best approach for us to still be salt and light with all of that negative uh, uh, hatred towards us? Yeah. Well, you're right to say that it's not a, no one should be surprised, right? right, uh, right. The, the devil is a liar. So <laughs> you, this is the kind of thing that's going to happen. Yeah. So if you're prepared for it, that can help you. You, you won't be shocked. Anytime somebody actually tastes it, anybody, uh, we have not really experienced a lot of persecution, people um, slandering us and that kind of thing. So a lot for a lot of the saints, the first time their Christianity um, results in them experiencing that, it can be a little shocking. You're like, yeah. okay, this is different. Yeah. In some, in many ways, our parents, you know, our our parents, our recent forefathers in our in in America, did not experience that. So we're kind of tasting um, the uptick of um, a pagan ideology that is that is um, vitriolic against the saints, which is what our forefathers in the faith have experienced for a very long time. So let that all stable you. Just know, okay, this is yeah. the kind of thing that happens to Christians. Right. And uh, <laughs> we, we've lived in a time where it hasn't happened to us, but now it is yeah. happening to us. Yeah. And uh, when that comes, the Bible says to rejoice, right? Well, when others utter these evil things against you uh, for my sake, then rejoice. Uh, yeah. So they persecuted your fathers. So they persecuted the prophets. This is a time when this actually happens, do rejoice. I recall we would, um, you know, in some of the work that I've done, you'd get uh, yelled at on the internet. So a lot of people might get inflamed about a particular thing. Um, sometimes even other Christians will get will get wrapped up in that. Other Christians uh, will think poorly of you. And if you, you yeah. say, well, look, what I did was good and right. We examine that, make sure. And once that's steady, I encourage people to gather up their families and have a big party. Uh, so <laughs> this is what we do. Like, it's like, yeah. well, well, tonight kids were eating, uh, tonight's a pizza party, right. something of that nature. So right. they're actually getting the sense of, oh, we rejoice uh, and are exceedingly glad when others uh, treat us poorly, when they, when they charge us with these things. Yeah. Also, um, avoid any... Um, kind of Machiavellian attempts to manipulate or twist. This is the, this is the method of the other team. Oh, so yeah. we, we, we engage in our cultural reformation uh, by faith. We trust the Lord yeah. and it's going to look like dying. So you have Christ goes to the cross mm. and this is the way that he changes the world. Yes. It's through sacrifice. It's not the kind of thing that you would, would, it's not the kind of thing that the world does when they want to change yes. culture. Yes. It's not the way the Gentiles do it. They lord it right. over other people, any kind of authority that they have, but that's not the way it works in the kingdom. So you've yeah. got to, you want to look for ways to say, um, what's it going to look like to trust the Lord right here and to actually die, to, to go down yes. in a way. This is what I, this is, um, what we want to do. Um, not, not twist things. Yeah. And I mean, we're right on the heels of, uh, Toby Sumter's excellent message on this very topic, which was fascinating to me. You know, like we were talking about, uh, when God calls someone good, you, your first reaction should be, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh -huh. there's going to be, you here know, comes the dragon, right? Yeah. Here comes the dragon, which was, it's, it's very true. And it's, and, and it's encouraging because it's not just us. It's not even just recent, uh, or, or Puritans or, uh, you know, American history. This has been going on since the beginning of the world, you know, yeah. very first parents, Adam and Eve. Um, so that's, that's a huge encouragement too. So, and actually, uh, coming off of that question, First of all, what would you say is the response of the, the people, not only in Christchurch, but all the, the CRE churches in Moscow? What would you say is the response of all of them to all of this 
because um, there's a lot of things coming from the out, outside of kind of yeah. conflicts that have been happening. <clears throat> Namely, the one I, that I'm thinking of is the uh, NBC interview that they did with uh, Doug NBC, Wilson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, first of all, what would you say is the response of those people? And second of all, do you think it's a good response in, in the way that Moscow is responding to it? Yeah. Uh, well, yes, I think it's a good response. Uh, I think um, we're um, everybody seems to be quite delighted, from what I can tell, with the, with this whole NBC <laughs> report. Um, like when you go do a when when you go to, when when the, a major media outlet is going to be examining you, yeah, you know it's going to be slanted <laughs> yes, uh, right. because they're not speaking your language. You know, you're on different pages. There's, it's one thing for it to be slanted; it's another thing for it to be just an outright hit piece. And I don't think the NBC was just an outright yeah, hit piece, exactly. yeah. um, but it was slanted, and we knew it would be slanted, and and yet God just wrote a glorious story with that. A, a few of the funny things that popped up that a lot of Christians, as far as I could tell, um, saw immediately was that, well, one of the things they want to charge Christchurch with being a cult. (laughs) And so they go and find an actual cult leader to charge (laughs) Christchurch, the Orthodox Church, with being a cult. It's like, yeah. Well, Christians are like, wait, hold on, you can't go to a Unitarian like, Universalist. Yeah. Like, that don't, doesn't work. You yeah, don't even have yeah. to believe in a God to right. be a part of the right. Unitarian wow. Universalist. Yeah. Uh, wow. uh, not, not like, right. yeah, it's, 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 that's a wild thing. So that was one. Um, you had this great moment where I think uh, uh, the interviewer asked Doug something, and, and then they made the point on the Internet, well, you know, Pastor Doug and this church believes that um, homosexuality is a choice and it's wrong and that wives should submit to their own husbands. And they put this out, you know, and then everybody was like, so you found Christians, like you found Christians being Christians. That was fantastic. I love that. There's a glorious little moment where they, somebody uh, just straight lied and said, well, the women at Christchurch can't wear pants. (laughs) And then somebody at NBC, I think some undercover Christian (laughs) edited it such that the very next scene was like a bunch of Christchurch women wearing pants, singing, singing Psalms. So God is just kind of, this is what we, would expect yes. um those who dig a pit fall into it themselves right. and yeah. um yeah. so that that was a great example of things going quite so well with that interview is what you're yeah. oh yeah driving at. Could, yeah. not only could it have been, been worse but it was just like it was really really good yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of positives yeah. that's great well and and that goes into my next question we have about five minutes left uh, but you know what are what are some of the areas you've seen the most amount of progress in in moscow idaho over the past like four decades you know like a lot of us are coming from communities where Moscow, Idaho looks like paradise. Yeah. <laughs> we look at that and we're like, okay, we want to move there I in think, the next couple of years. I think you know, like, uh, we our, dad, of that our dad specifically described it as heaven on earth. <laughs> yeah, so, like, because, it, because of the spiritual wastelands we're yeah, coming from, exactly. where we can barely find a good Baptist church, and we're Presbyterians. We're both part of Baptist churches and we're members of them right now because we can't find any good Presbyterians in our area. So, you know, looking at Moscow, Idaho, it looks like it's golden. What are some yeah. of the areas that you've seen the most growth in? And then maybe off of that, what are some of the areas that you are finding we really need to work a lot more in some of these areas? Well, you know, I've only been there for less. I've been there just about a year. Oh, wow. So um, I can't, you know, I can't, I'm probably not the guy to tell you exactly all of the developments and everything that's happened over the last 30 or 40. I've uh, seen things from a distance and I hear stories 
And it's a, it's a glorious story of just faithfulness. And um, going back to Jim Wilson, Jim Wilson, there was some strategy there too. I love how his kind of seems to be his training, um, his military training had caused him to think a certain way about strategic and feasible locations. You've probably heard this before, but it's like, hey, here's a small town with a major university. It's right next to another town that has a major university. So um, this is both a, uh, a feasible place that we can actually see, um, yeah. we can see reformation. Yeah. And it's a strategic place strategic, yes. because it's got a bunch of a bunch of college kids kind of pumping yes. through it. Yeah. Um, I think it was you and Doug Wilson were on a podcast uh, a couple of weeks back talking about that feasible and strategic, which was fascinating to me that that was your you know yeah. mindset that it's it's something we can do. Like, you know, New York is strategic, New York City, but it's not feasible. Right. And as opposed to some Podunkville in the middle of South Dakota, for instance, yeah. is feasible but it's not strategic so yeah and that's that's uh that's an important point because it's dealing with the real world yeah. uh, and it's doing so by faith it's yeah. saying um you know yeah, I'm uh, there are there are um realities to face if you're going to say well i'm going to go reform new york city well praise the lord just know that you know the cathedrals <laughs> road, the cathedrals yeah. weren't built overnight they weren't built yes. in a generation yeah, yeah. so uh, there's going to be that that's a that's an that's a good point uh, the second would be education. Education just seems fundamental. Like as you're working for cultural reformation, that um, that K through 12 classical Christian school, in my opinion, is a is a um, is a chief foundation stone. Yeah. It's just it's there's nothing um, glamorous about it. It just takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of work. And it takes a while to see the results. It takes too, a long time to see the results. Yeah. And yet. Um, that's it. I mean, we're supposed to raise children in the nurture and admonition of the Amen. Lord. Yeah. And um, as as various communities are trying to get after that, I would I would encourage education to be a central piece. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And then that's one of the things we really harp on on the show is is education. We just had a uh, uh, pastor uh, Nick Charlton on the show uh, this past week talking about Christian education and why homeschooling is so vital because it's. It's eternal souls. I, yeah. I think it was uh, last year uh, at uh, the conference in uh, uh, South Dakota, Doug Wilson gave a presentation. And one of the things he said was, you know, our culture is trying to make women into men because they don't value eternal souls. Where, you know, men are providing a, an opportunity and, and money and putting bread on the table and working for the kingdom in a different capacity. But it's the women who are helping nurture eternal souls like this is something that will have eternal repercussions for good or for bad yeah and we've just lost that as a society so our education has gone downhill we don't see the value in it um so yeah hearing about people who understand that is is so encouraging just just to see that um yeah and i've thought so many times about like well i have a job but oh i'd love to go to new saint andrews college yeah <laughs> Go through one of the, yeah. the programs they have because it's just incredible out there. But wow. Well, is there are there any finishing uh, thoughts you'd like to, to add before we wrap up? No, no. I you know praise the Lord for your podcast and I pray that uh, God will bless it. You guys yeah. press on with it. Well, thank Thanks. you so much, Jared. We really appreciate you coming on and uh, definitely we'll point people to your show. Remind them again where they can go to find your your content. Uh, I'll check out Canon Press, the uh, Canon Plus, the app okay. there. You're gonna see a, a bunch of my it's a great app. my content. Um, 
there. Uh, Canon just has republished a book I wrote on Proverbs. Oh. So if check out that. Wow. Wisdom for Kings and Queens okay. is out. Um, those would be a couple things that people would check out. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right. All right, everyone. Hello, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. Jacob is, of course. Here Hello, everybody. Well. Um, and we have another guest joining us today. And you are from a fascinating Bitcoin-related business that That's I am right. super excited to chat with you about. That's so, right. first of all, name and... Fun fact about yourself. <laughs> so my name is David Catrone. Um, I'm from just south of Tampa, Florida. Fun fact about myself is I played uh, semi-professional tennis. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's really cool. Yeah. Goodness. Like so, through college or? So I, I grew up, uh, it's actually why we moved to Florida. My family's from New York. I grew up playing tennis pretty well. And, and there's a big tennis academy in Florida that I went to kind of my whole life. Wow. Okay. Did like online school and all that stuff. And then tore my elbow in high school. So it didn't end up. Shoot. But I went to college, played in college, but. Played wow. a little professional, uh, but but sort of moved on with my life. Okay, okay, wow. And so, what is it that you moved on to? Yeah, so <laughs> I so I'm here at this event uh, with Thank God for Bitcoin. But I personally, so I'm a strategic consultant in marketing. Uh, I own a strategic uh, consulting and marketing firm called Vine Strategies, and um, about about a year ago, got connected with uh, some Christians in the Bitcoin space who had written a book called Thank God for Bitcoin. Um, book became really popular within the Bitcoin space and people really enjoyed it. And there was obviously this kind of hunger and desire for this idea of connecting um, kind of Christianity and the principles of Jesus to, okay, what would it look like to have better money um, wow. and kind yeah. of more moral money? And so the book became really popular and, and a lot of even non-Christians who read it were like asking questions about God because of the book. Yeah. Wow, um, and that's so fascinating. Th that led us to a, a point in time where I kind of got connected with a group of people kind of from a marketing perspective. And it was like, all right, what would it look like if we did an event, right? Hmm. But this book was really popular. There's a really big Bitcoin event in Miami every year called Bitcoin, you know, 2023 or 2022. It's okay. a Bitcoin conference. Like 30,000 people from all over the wow. world come to it. And so they were like, hey, we would love to, some of these <clears> Christian <throat> writers were like, hey, we'd love to do an event the day before, sort of invite Christians to, to sort of, set them on the right path while they're here. Like, hey, you're yeah. going to Miami, yeah. you're going to be this Bitcoin event, but let's remember we're Christians first. And so right. Right. they were like, That's can anybody help with it? And so me and Jordan were like, yeah, I'll do it. I was like, hey, I'll handle the marketing. My, my company will kind of run it. And it ended up being super successful. Like we, oh, put, it, wow. we put it on in like six weeks. Awesome. A lot of people showed up, loved it. And I just sat down with Jordan and some of the investors beforehand were like, or after the event, we're like, hey, I think there's something here. Like there's a business here. People want this content. People want to ask about Bitcoin and kind of learn about it. And so what would it look like if we created this bit? So basically we took the book and turned it into this media company called Thank God for Bitcoin, where we're just now figuring out how do we launch content? How do we build educational resources for the church? Wow. So they don't end up, end up last figuring out Bitcoin. That is so cool. You're here with a podcast, right? You guys so have a yes, podcast? So yes, we have a podcast called, uh, it's going to be, it's coming out soon. It's called Thank God for Bitcoin. Okay. Um, we also will end up most likely becoming sort of a publishing company Okay. for Christians in the Bitcoin space. Oh, and so there's a lot wow. of other people attempting to sort of make that connection between uh, the truths of Jesus and the beauty and the truth of Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. we want to be sort of the place where all Christians would go to sort of make sense of Bitcoin. And so yeah. wow. we have another podcast coming out called uh, Faith Over Fiat. Okay. And so we're just in the process, process of production, yeah. producing that right now. And so we also have another book in the works. We have another couple, we have a short documentary in the works. And so our idea is to create content 
that just sort of helps the church understand Bitcoin and then to use Bitcoin for God's glory. Nice. Wow. That's so, so you you said you were just starting up the podcast. Yep. So just started recording. When when you come out with it, when you actually um, create the podcast and you're 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 doing through going through the episodes, do you have an overall goal as to where you guys want to be and what's what's the basically the the overarching goal yeah. of the podcast? So, so, and, and again, I'm going to kind of use these interchangeably, like the goal of the podcast and the goal of the business are kind of one and the same yeah. is we want to wake up and I, I want to wake up in five years, right? In seven years, 10 years, if, if we're right about Bitcoin, right? When I wake up, the church is going to need to know how to use Bitcoin. They're mm -hmm. going to need to have people they can go to to sort of say, hold on a second, your podcast, for instance, if I'm right about Bitcoin, your company is going to say, okay, Dave, five years, 10 years, everyone's trying to pay me with Bitcoin. How do I take it? Mm, like my sponsors yeah. want to pay us with Bitcoin. I don't even know how to store it. We want to be the <laughs> go-to place for the church to say, hey, we need your help. We That's want to be wonderful. that go-to kind of educational resource awesome. so that the church can trust. I'm not dealing with someone who's going to scam me. I'm not yes. dealing with someone who's trying to sell me something. Right. But they're dealing with, with other believers. Yes, they're dealing yeah, with right. other believers <clears throat> who are like, hey, we understand Bitcoin. We've yeah. built out the resources. We want to be that kind of consulting educational place where, where the awesome. church can go and yeah. so so yeah you just said in five years time you're thinking bitcoin is going to be a lot bigger than it is now yes you're thinking it's going to explode I'll, I'll make this uh, argument sorry i'll make this yeah, argument go ahead it's not if bitcoin wins it's when like oh, i i wow. believe bitcoin okay. has already solved the problem of money people just wow. don't realize it yet okay hmm. okay and so what is it first of all to those who maybe don't know what bitcoin is yeah. describe that and then i'd love to hear more about why you think it's going to overcome so many of the monetary issues? I mean, anyone who goes to the gas, you mm -hmm. know, fill up their tank today, right. obviously knows there's a problem with yeah. our currency, and it's been getting worse and worse over yeah. the past couple decades. How does what is Bitcoin, and how does it solve those problems? So let's let's uh, let's talk about the problem. Let's start with the problem. Similar to the gospel, I always like to start with the problem, right? Right. Uh, yeah. The problem is that the money's broken, right? The reason mm -hmm. the money is broken is that people are broken, right? That given, given uh, enough freedom, people will trend towards evil and sin mm. and destruction, yeah. right? Yeah. We're in a fallen world, okay? So, so we all agree on that, right, as Christians. Um, we also believe that something's, you know, most people fundamentally broke with their money. We don't know what it is, though. Mm. The problem is we have people ruling over our money who are evil, right? Right, right. And, 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 and that's not even me calling out someone specific. If I were ruling over the money... Like it would be a bad idea. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. I have, and, and the reason why that is, is total depravity is total thing. depravity yeah. is a reality. And so given, <laughs> yeah. given the ability to print money without any cost, right? You will do it. Yeah. Right. To yeah, enrich yeah, yourself. Yeah. Like, any repercussions and there to you are, personally. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's what we have. We have a system today where it does not require any work to be done mm. to produce money. Yeah. Which is honestly antithetical to how God's created the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like right. Paul talks about like, like like sowing and reaping, right? Like do not be, like don't mock God. Like this is a reality. Yes. And right. yet That's, that was our verse last week. Was that Galatians passage? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. God and is not mocked. and yeah. yet the government thinks, all governments think that somehow they can like centrally plan money. Yeah. That they can become God. Right. right? That they can be God, and that they can make something out of nothing. Yep. Yep. That's what they've done. They've they, so we all agree. So you everyone's that you're saying yep, right? You're you're shaking your head. Yep. We all agree something's broken. So yeah. now our argument is this, as Christians who think deeply about the world, it should matter to you to find a solution to that problem. Right. But what a lot of Christians do, right, is they say there's a lot of problems. They want to talk about the things that we can fi fix politically, the things that we can fix about COVID, the things that we could do, all mm. those things. Yeah. But somehow money is this like compartment that they just think, well, mm. well, 
but I just got to guess, I guess I'd invest better. I don't know. I got, I got to find it. It's like, no, no, hold yeah, yeah. on. What if we, what if we step out of the system we're in right. and think, is there a totally different system? Right, right. Bitcoin is this whole new paradigm. Mm. And basically you said, what is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is an open, permissionless, decentralized ledger. Right? Think of it this way. Simple explanation. It's like a Google sheet that the whole world has access to. Mm. Right? Hmm. We see all the line items. Yeah, right? Yeah. All the Bitcoin listed out of what address it's at. Right? It doesn't say a name. It doesn't say David. It just says like B167Z. You know, it just has an address. A yeah. public address. Right? That, that public address has a private key connected to it. Right? Through cryptography. It's called, it's called public, public private key cryptography. Right? That's the same cryptography that you use and you don't even realize it, right? Passwords, yeah. all this stuff, it's built Passion in this. tables, yeah. yeah it's, yeah. You, you're in software, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same cryptography, right? Yep, yep. And so the public, key, the public address is there, right? And the private key is needed to move it anywhere else, right? And so that's the reality. So we have this open decentralized ledger, right? But that Bitcoin only exists because someone did work to get it there. Yes. Okay. Bitcoin miners, Right, which are computers, basically they're computers that are guessing a number. Okay. Right, a given number. And that given number, they're guessing, guessing, guessing. As soon as they guess it, a specific amount of Bitcoin every 10 minutes gets released, not made, not produced, it's already there, but it gets kind of released, unlocked into the system, right? Is it also true that you can set your machine up as a miner and essentially give it to the network so that they can use your machine for computations, which makes it so yeah, you can kind of pool your resources with right. other Bitcoin miners, right. yep. And so basically then, then what those miners do is they take on the risk of whether or not they'll guess it in time and they kind of okay. pay you for your hash rate essentially. Interesting, okay. Yeah. okay. Which again is super in depth. But at the end of the day, Bitcoin it has solved the problem of money by, by we basically made better gold. It's digital gold. Right, and so you know, one of the things with gold, I mean, we see in Isaiah your gold has become dross, you know. Um, the devaluing of currency is when the money is unlimited and it's not connected to something that is tangible and is right. actual value. So the, the thing with gold is that there's only a limited amount of it. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and it's actually worth something. Mm -hmm. Whereas a, you know, paper dollar isn't actually worth physically anything. Yeah. It's it actually used dead. To be, right. It was a it's reserve. It's an IOU. It's a reserve note yeah, yeah. for gold, yeah. but you can't, you can't trade it in anymore. Yeah. So uh, what is it? So Bitcoin is also limited. Right? Yes, and that's 21 million Bitcoin. Very much like gold. Yes. In that and, and here's the difference between gold. Let's, let's make the comparison for gold and, and Bitcoin. Gold is, is limited. We just don't know how. Hmm. Right? For all we know, we get hit with a meteor tomorrow, and there's 4 trillion tons of gold on that meteor. <laughs> right. And like, oh, well, then that completely messes up. Yeah. We have a, a true monetary policy in Bitcoin that we, we know, yeah, and yeah. we'll know in 100 years, and we'll know in 10,000 years. Right? Like, whether I like it or not, Bitcoin yeah. is a certain way, and there's 21 million. The other thing with Bitcoin is that it's actually going down. The amount of Bitcoin is actually going down over time because people lose their Bitcoin, they lose their private oh, keys. That's true. And so there's yeah. this and reality. If it's not a physical wallet. Then, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so we know with gold, we just don't know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't know, and so that's one problem with gold. The other problem with gold is that gold holds its its value over time but it doesn't hold its value over space, mm. right? If I have a lot of gold, I, I, have, I have- Portability is- Portability is really difficult. difficult. Yeah. And so we want something that holds its value over time and space, and that's what Bitcoin yeah. does. So, so the wow. reason why I say Bitcoin will win and has won is because there are key monetary properties we all look for in money. Bitcoin has those. Mm. And so 
because of that, it's an objective reality, right? And, and this is something that blew my mind with understanding Bitcoin. There's a famous book in Bitcoin. Anybody listening to it that's interested should, The Bitcoin Standard by Saifedean Amos. And one of the things he says in the book, he walks through the history of money. Wow. The thing, something that got me that just sort of changed everything for me was one of the things he says in the book is humans trend towards the greatest form of money without marketing. They'll always find the better store of value, mm. right? And my Work, greatest, is that more valuable? No, so the that... best at storing their wealth. Okay, okay. Right? It's, it's, it's not, it's not super, uh, it's, it's pretty rare. It's scarce, yeah. right? It's hard yeah. to duplicate, right? It's easy to tell that it is what it says it is, right? So gold was great because you could melt it down. Yeah, yeah. say, yes, this is gold. Right. I know how much gold it is. It gets all the dross out of there. It gets all the random kind of copper you put into it. I can know this is gold, yep. right? So it has all these specific key properties. Bitcoin has those. And it has those in a perfect degree, right? Because yeah. it's digital. So, um... Switching topics yeah. gears just a little bit, you know, as Christians, uh, you know, Toby Sumter just had a great message on dominion, taking dominion um, and how, you know, he was talking about Job and how God was actually saying, hey, you don't have dominion over these creatures yet. You're working towards that. That's the goal, right? Mm -hmm. We see in Genesis dominion mandate as Christians um, buying into a secular process like Bitcoin. What do you see happening on the Dominion front in terms of Christians potentially having ownership of that someday? Mm -hmm. so, so I guess flesh it out for me more, the idea of like having ownership in what way? Like owning Bitcoin? Yeah, well, I think, I think the question is, you know, eventually the goal is that the world will be Christianized. Yes. And right. we're working for the kingdom that will be done on yeah. earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. What does it look like for Bitcoin to be a part of that process, part of the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that would be sort of our moral argument for Bitcoin is that Bitcoin is holy money. Bitcoin is money that. <laughs> okay. Bitcoin is money we'll that. You on that. You know yeah, <laughs> please. And, and so Bitcoin is money that values the image of God, right? Mm. And, and so, I, I again, I could flush this out deeply. I'm trying to like navigate the yeah, best yeah, way to sort of communicate sure. these things. But the idea being that like, right now we are devaluing the the, the time and energy that people pour out, right? By, by them pouring it out and then storing their life in an unholy vessel, which is the dollar, mm -hmm. which is a corrupted vessel, right? And so part of that process will be having better money where people can, again, money is just a battery that we store our time and energy <laughs> into, right? Yeah. And so that will be better money that will help us kind of solve that problem so then we can yeah. go solve other problems. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We can't solve those other problems until we solve the money, which is yeah. underlying all those others. This has been fascinating, and I would love to have you on the show again sometime yeah, as a guest. Absolutely. That would be so cool. Any finishing thoughts before we conclude? No. It looks like there's another presentation. No, going. check us out. Uh, we're TGFB.com. Thank God for Bitcoin. We have podcasts, okay. books, all that kind of stuff coming out. Okay. Our goal is just to sort of equip the church to understand Bitcoin. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. thank you so, so much Thanks for, for having us, me. And uh, we're looking forward to chatting with you yeah. more in the future. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for watching or listening to this episode. Don't forget to like and share if you enjoyed it. And also join us tomorrow as we interview Gabe Wrench, co-host of Cross Politic, the Cross Politic show on the File Feast Network, and also Greg Moore, who is the co-host on the Dead Man Walking podcast. You do not want to miss this episode. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.